The following program is produced by Rosado Marketing. The views and opinions of the host and guests are not necessarily those of this station. Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio has helped thousands of listeners make the right decisions when buying homes or refinancing. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Peter Padilla here with you today, talking about my favorite subject on the radio, real estate for investors. I'm talking with more people every day that are telling me it's getting challenging to find great deals in the market, even closing deals for some people. They keep looking and looking and looking, and I think it might be really tough out there. But then I talk to somebody else, and they say, you know, you'd be amazed how many people are afraid of pulling the trigger. They get everything ready. They've got the money. They've got the financing. They know there's properties out there to buy. They look at some. They look at a lot, but they still don't pull the trigger. Maybe they're being overly cautious. Maybe they're really being smart. We have three industry experts in the studio today to talk to me about real estate investing. John Spinola is with us. John is a realtor and investment counselor at Atlas Red Realty. How are you doing, John? Unbelievable, Peter. Always happy to be here. You seem to be quite active in the business, John. I mean, I don't know that people that are talking to you are not pulling the trigger. It seems like... When you tell, talk to me, there's a lot of people doing that. But what do you think about my thoughts? That There's a lot of investors out there that they are just kind of overly cautious. I, absolutely. Analysis by paralysis. Actually, I've got a, little, a cute little story. One of the people that I, I deal with all the time or have coffee with all the time actually owns a Smith Ridge condo. Mm-hmm. Back when, in, when they tanked, he said, boy, if you can find me a corner unit with a fireplace like mine, I'll buy it. Well, we found one for $35,000. How long ago was this, John? This was when the market was down, probably 2010. All right. A few years back. And he didn't pull the trigger. He's got money. He could have paid cash for it. It's no big thing. He just Mm -hmm. wasn't sure. Um, I just sent him an article today that, or, or yesterday, I guess, that said Smithridge condos just go back, just went back over a hundred thousand for the first time mm-hmm. since two thousand seven. Wow! Wow! So that's that's four years or less. Yeah. Although they were two twenty yeah. at the top. Sorry, well, you're right. People are afraid to pull the trigger. I know that a lot of the people that are afraid to pull the trigger, they probably have been talking to a lender or two, maybe done some research on the internet. If they're really smart, they've gotten pre-approved, so they absolutely even know that they can buy real estate with their good credit and their capacity to borrow. We have a borrowing specialist. Actually, he's a lending specialist. Lou Carr is. He's the branch manager from Summit Funding. How are you doing, Lou? I'm doing fantastic, Peter. It's a great day. Thanks for having me on your show. You're welcome. I don't think I was totally incorrect when I said you're a borrower specialist. No, no, no. You deal with borrowers all the time, don't you? (laughs) We are. Ryan and I are borrowing specialists. (laughs) (laughs) Big difference. Yes. Okay. Well, we're glad for that clarification. And important to know, too, Lou, because you're the guy that people are calling and saying, hey, I need to get pre-approved. I'm thinking about buying some property. Do you see that paralysis of analysis, as John Spinola mentioned, in your business? Absolutely. Um, we see it here and there. I, I mean, I don't see it a lot. I think more people get, uh, right, especially nowadays, are getting frustrated with inventory and maybe not being able to find a home 
that works for them. But there are always folks out there who seem to think uh, just a little bit too much. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, and some have actually waited through the best times and now are frustrated with the inventory. Do you know a guy that was interested in buying a condo at Smith Ridge maybe back in 2010 or so? <laughs> I think I did a couple of loans <laughs> on those, both both in uh, 07, 08, and yeah. 10, 11, and 12, yes. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Those were the times when you could really – really take advantage of the market and a lot of people did not now other people are thinking now that the market is over there's no more opportunity to be an investor because prices have gone up and more investors are in the business doing so you got a lot more competition and there's a housing shortage you didn't hear everything going against it but i'm glad to have somebody in the studio today that is working against that grain and doing great his name is ryan frey he's been on the show before this is his second time he's going to come back and talk to us a little bit more about his work as a real estate investor in northern nevada ryan welcome to the show thank you very much how you doing peter i'm doing good you know you and i met uh, at the reno real estate investors club and i've talked about that club many times over the course of the years that we've been on the show but it's a great place to meet people and to hear what's really going on in the market in the trenches from either investors or people that are just about to get in and a lot of seasoned pros in fact john spinola and i met there too and john is a regular at the reno real estate investors it's like a free education aside from the ten dollar donation it takes to get into the event so ron bell can buy pizza I haven't seen you lately, but I know you're out and about active still doing the real estate investment. What has it been like for you lately? Well, I've been pretty busy. Um, I don't have analysis by paralysis, thank God. But uh, the numbers are a lot skinnier than they used to be. Mm -hmm. So now that I've been in the market doing it a little bit, I feel that I can make a better decision on what it's going to cost to rehab it and what's going to cost to sell it, what my holding costs are going to be, and if I can make the profit. Mm -hmm. We used to want to make a little bit larger percentage because it is a large risk. Mm -hmm. But lately, we've been kind of tightening up our numbers and doing more deals. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So for the benefit of our listeners, because they can't actually see us here in the studio, we're four dapper gentlemen Very talking handsome. about, yes, real estate. But, you know, they can't tell exactly what uh, what market, we're, demographic market we're truly from. If you wouldn't mind, Ryan, how old are you? I'm 40. You're 40 years old. You look like you're 30. I'm very good looking. But, uh, well, not that good looking. <laughs> I'm <you know>? not. <laughs> I, have a, I have a face for radio. <laughs> you're a young man, and you're out there doing these deals. You know, a lot of young investors, they think, well, i got to be an old man like Peter before I can even get started, right? Uh, but, no, people get started at all sorts of different ages. I know people starting out in their 20s. And it's never too late to start either. A guy named Colonel Sanders was once an old man, and he invested in a chicken joint. Ryan, you started young. How long have you been doing the work that you do as an investor? I've been doing it for 13 years. I guess I was 27, 28 when I did my first one. All right. And so was there a lot of momentum that you had to work through? Did you get going real fast or was it an evolution, a growing evolution? It was a slow process. Uh And my first one, I was really uncomfortable. I didn't know anything. I relied on everybody around me. Mm -hmm. So I did my first one. It took me about a year and a half to do my next one. Mm, really? And then it took me another year and a half to do my next one. And then the market started going really well. And I thought, oh, this will last forever. So I did one or two a year until the market fell. And right before it fell, I thought I'd get real smart and buy six of them. And then I lost it all and had to lick my wounds and I just got back in the market. So I'm doing things differently this time and buying multiple houses per year and trying to become a big company that flips houses instead of somebody that does it Mm part-time. So last year I did 11, and this year, by the end of next week, I'll be at eight. 
you obviously have a team, right? You don't do all this yourself because there's a lot. There's always what repair. There's uh, you know cleaning things up either on paper or in the yard or in the house. Sure, you've got people working with you to do this. I bet you didn't have that at the very beginning. I did not have it at the very beginning. And it does take experience, and I think you start to become a go-to person. So people like John sometimes see a property that needs repair, and he knows it's going to work perfect for me. So he'll bring me the, the deal before he'll present it to other investors, and he allows us investors to maybe bid on it. Mm-hmm. Um, something that may not be sellable on the MLS, that may not have a kitchen or a bathroom, and you cannot get a loan from Lou on, he'll bring to me, and I'll be able to pay cash for it. And we'll fix it up and then use my team of people that I've, you know, gotten so contractors and uh, other people to do the rehab. The homes that need this kind of work, why does it need this kind of work? Why do these homes need to be fixed up? Um, worn out? They're just worn out. Uh, some people just have deferred maintenance on them. You know, the roof might be leaking and it caused the ceiling to cave in and um, or <clears throat> pipes break or mm-hmm. Some people may have lost a home and it went to foreclosure and, you know, they're out of the home and somebody came in and stole all the copper out of it or kids might have partied in it and mm-hmm. smashed in windows. So you're like one of those um, emergency cleanup places, only, <laughs> only you do it in a different way. Oh, just like that. Um, additionally, you know, there's people that uh, have lost somebody and, you know, maybe they lose mom and dad uh-huh. and... Um, the kids live out of state and they can't make two mortgage payments. They can only make one. Or maybe the house did have a lot of deferred maintenance and they don't have twenty or $30,000 to fix it up to sell it. They just want to sell it and sell it quick and they'll call me and you know we help them with that. Yeah, very nice. We have more questions with you about being a real estate investor anywhere in the country. You're finding a way to continue to do it in northern Nevada. And uh, it's commendable because many people are nowadays thinking maybe the market's over. But in reality, maybe it's just over for those people that don't really have the connections or the knowledge. We want to talk to you more about your skills as a real estate investor later in the show. Lou Carr, I want to talk to you about what I'm keeping, you know, what I keep hearing about some pending changes coming up. In the mortgage market in August, is that tr- true? Are we going to have some changes coming? Uh, there are some changes coming. Um, these have all evolved or, or um, originated from the CFPB, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Uh-huh. And there's been a, a rollout of several phases of their implementation of their new guidelines. And um, some of them happened a couple of years ago. Then another batch happened about a year ago. And now we've got some more coming out in August it's predominantly um, uh, disclosure-driven items. And, and at this point, I really don't think it's going to make a big difference to many people, uh, many buyers, sellers, real estate agents, um, investors. For the most part, I don't think it's going to affect them. I, I think it could have some effect if we need to change loans at the last minute if we need to do something that that triggers a redisclosure mm-hmm. we might have a three-day wait here and there mm-hmm. um, but i i think for the most part if you do a good job on your loan from start to finish it's probably not going to make a big difference for us great point great point we'll talk about that and more see if there's any conflicting viewpoints on that factor with john spinola john is with us also he's with atlas red realty and we'll be back after this message This is John Graham from Keller Williams Realty Group 1. You're listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla and Nevada Real Estate Radio are a fantastic resource if you're thinking about buying or selling real estate. 
Peter Padilla is knowledgeable. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. The best thing you can do for your business, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. You're tuned in to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Pleased to be with you today. We are on KFOI 1060 AM, and we're talking about real estate for investors that are looking to take action. A lot of you may be have something called analysis of paralysis. That's the way you described it, wasn't it, John? Yeah, it's actually, yeah, it's paralysis by analysis. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. See, I don't, paralysis by analysis. Yes. I don't have it. I just don't say it right. Paralysis by analysis. Actually, I'm probably like Ryan. Uh, my friend of mine accused me, accused me of being a ready, fire, aim guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those people live a long time, though, because they don't, you know, whatever comes at them, they just shoot it. Lou Carr is also with us. He's the branch manager of Summit Funding, a great mortgage company all across the country, and specifically in all of Nevada. And uh, Lou also does loans in California, too. Is that right, Lou? Correct, yes. Yeah? California. They're, they're always in the news, aren't they, over there? They seem to be, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, Nevada has so much going for it, and a lot of people don't know it. We have real estate investors come and talk to us off and on. Today we have Ryan Frey. He was on the show with us actually about five months ago. I met Ryan at the Reno Real Estate Investors Club. Got to talking and come to find out he's doing a lot of deals. And we're here today to talk with him and see how he's getting some of those deals done and what some of the challenges are if you really want to hit the gas like he has. Ryan, hope you're doing well today. Thank you very much. Pleasure being here. So you're talking about doing a lot of fix-ups. I mean, are you buying any homes that really you look at them and say, well, that, the value on that home is awesome, and it doesn't need any fix-up. I can buy it. I got a buyer over here. Maybe his, you know he's looking for something about $30,000 more than this house, but this house is really what he wants. I, can, I know this house is what he wants. If I could pull the deal, maybe I'd make thirty grand on it. Do you see deals like that too? I have. I've done those deals. Yeah? Yes. How often are, do we see those kind of deals? Well, to have a buyer arranged at the end before you even find the house yeah. is kind of a pie-in-the-sky lucky shot in the dark. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, I've done it. Uh, done it a couple of times, uh-huh. and um, it's kind of fun. Just once again, when you're in the industry, you're moving and you're shaking. People just know to call you, right. and so right, right, right. Um, a friend of a f- heard that I had a house. It was mm-hmm. a neighborhood that his brother wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just locked up the deal and um, had it under contract, and I brought the new prospective buyer over as a contractor while the guy, you know, while I was in contract with it, and I showed it to him, and he liked it. And uh, so he, as soon as I closed on it, he closed on it the day after, mm-hmm. and I put a hot water heater strap on, and I made thirty thousand bucks. <laughs> wow! 
That's that was a awesome. nice hot water heater oh, strap. There. It was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a dream, you know. But I t- the reason I asked this question is because, I don't know if you know, but there's something called a housing shortage going on that I hear about in, in northern Nevada. And a lot of people are saying they can't find that right house. They can't find that right house. And I've always felt, Ryan, like the way to pull a trigger on a really big deal like a real estate investment when it's not a commodity. Every house is different. So that's why it's so hard to find the right house, especially – under today's climate, if you're dealing with somebody that talks to a lot of people, somebody with connections, I mean, why don't I just say it, right? you got to have connections in real estate nowadays to get things done because you need advance notice. You need to know what people are thinking without having to uh, you know, feel like you're liable in a lawsuit. You can talk to people, find out what's going on, where's the market. Hey, i got a buyer, a buyer, he's looking for a house in this area, in this price range. If you hear something, let me know. And you, a lot of conversations go on like that, right? Correct. Um, I think if, we're, if I'm talking to a buyer right now, and let's say John's showing him around, him and her, I think it's really important to communicate with your real estate agent what you like and don't like about every house. Mm-hmm. Because your real estate agent really should know the market and what the houses are and what they look like. And as you speak to them and let them know, I feel that John would be able to figure out exactly which house you need and take you right there. It helps John out because it, you know, you don't want to waste John's time and you don't want to waste your own time. And um, you don't want to lose the, your ideal house because things are flying off the shelf right now. Mm-hmm. I heard not long ago somebody say to me, <clears throat> well, I found the right house. I really liked it, but my relatives have told me I shouldn't buy the first house I see. You know, I need to look around. And so I loved that first house, and I told the realtor I loved it, but I wanted to see a couple more. And it took another day or so, and went back to that first house. It was gone. Paralysis by analysis. Again, yes. The, the, the wait, you know, got to wait. Nowadays, I mean, you have to be a quick thinker. You got to be quick on your feet. And it's hard for somebody that doesn't have a lot of experience in real estate to say, yeah, I'm ready to go. You know, you, you, I can understand that paralysis by analysis. It's kind of scary, isn't it? For me, it's not scary because I don't have to live there very long or own it for very long. But I, I agree. Uh, you don't want to lose that, that home. And so, yeah, I would make an offer on it if you feel that it's the right one for you. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, uh, either they're going to fall in love with the home or they're going to fall in love with the neighborhood. And But if it works, you're not going to get a 10 out of a 10. You're not going to have every box checked off that, of what you'd like to have. Mm-hmm. So if it's something that I don't want to say settle for, but if it's something that you really like, you feel that you're going to be happy there, I'd absolutely make an offer on it. Mm-hmm. All right. And Peter, one thing I just want to point out about what Ryan said is, you know, he's he's not afraid of it. It's, I would say, it's not so much because he's not going to have it. It's because he does have a good knowledge of the marketplace, and he knows what he's looking at, which is something. If you're a new buyer and you're in that situation you just spoke of, where you know my next door neighbor said, "Take a look at a couple houses before you make a decision," that's one of those situations, Peter. I think where you need to trust the people that you're working with. If you're working with John Spinola and he's 30 plus years in the business and he knows the market inside and out, and he tells you, "You know what? This house is going to go pretty quick." You know, if you think you might like it. Maybe we should act on it. It's mm. kind of that confidence. Ryan has mm. it. John has it. People who have been in the business for a long time have that confidence. That's what it takes. You know, I've told people to think about when they buy a house, even if it's their primary residence, they should think about it as a business because it's their money. And they would be paying rent to live somewhere otherwise. 
And now they've got some business issues to think about, taxes, insurance, uh, HOAs, whatever. And you have to keep an eye on your home and maintain it, all that stuff. It's a business. When you get a realtor to help you make even that first transaction, you're in business because you kind of hired somebody. I mean, that's the reason you get paid, John Spinola. I believe the reason you guys get a commission on every deal is because you actually have to work for it. Occasionally, <laughs> we we don't always turn the thirty grand deals like Ryan does, but <laughs> but you actually you do work for it. I mean, that's, yeah, no, that's, there are things that you do that the your boss, the home buyer, but that they can't do either. They don't have the skills, the experience, or the time. I mean, uh, that's paramount. I would think it it is, and and like Lou, we get paid on commission. So if we don't make anything happen. Our paycheck's a little thin. Yeah, yeah. And I, however, that part of it, I can see where it would concern a buyer because they think, well, you just want to get buy this first house because you want to get the commission and then I'll never see you again. Unfortunately, when you're dealing with somebody local like John Spinola, I run into him at the grocery store or maybe see him at the drug store or who knows where the, what are the bars the bars the, <laughs> yes the uh, you had to say it didn't you Ryan? I did. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah you get you're seen around you got a reputation to deal with and to contend with yeah well I, i'm sure like like all good like lou or anybody else we don't look at this as a an, a single program it isn't like we're on the on the freeway in a gas station and and, and if i give you bad service you're on down the road, and I got another 500 people going by in the next 10 minutes anyhow, so it really doesn't matter. I'm kind of like your local gas station, yeah. neighborhood gas station. So I'm, I'm looking to make long-term relationships. Most of, my, um, most of my business comes from referrals. Right. Um, I'm sure like Lou, who's been around for a while, and, and there's nothing better than a, re- than a referred person because you've already got credibility. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's almost like you have to do it not so much for the commission, in fact, not even think about it. You're thinking about it. Where, where's it going to get me down the road if I do a great job with this transaction, this this investor or this re- borrower might be uh, buying again soon or he might have a big list of people he can refer to me. It's just it's just all opportunity. Yeah, you never know where they come from. Um, you get referral. I've had referrals from people who I haven't haven't done anything with for five or six years. And they'll, see, and they'll say, well, Ryan told me to, if I was going to get a house here, give you a call. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just from the network thing that I talked about mm-hmm. is um, the size of your Rolodex is uh, for, for us old guys. The new buyers in the market, a lot of them maybe if they're younger, they don't have a lot of people they can go to. Maybe mom and dad bought a house 20, 30 years ago. But as far as what's going on in the market now, uh, they might not have that kind of connection. That's why I like doing this radio show, so we can give people ideas of not only people to talk to, all of our guests are great, but also what kind of questions to ask. So this time I want to ask Ryan if he might help us, because, Ryan, you're not a realtor. What do you think from years and years of experience people should be talking to their realtor about as they're first meeting them to take on a big transaction? Well, I think first and foremost, you got to figure out which area of town you want to live in. Are schools important? Um is the commute important to your job or place of employment? Um, what kind of parks around or what kind of activities may be close? Um, bike trails, running, whatever. Um, that'd be my first criteria, I guess. And then secondly, I would try and figure out bed, bath, square footage, and what I'm looking for. Do I want to maintain a property, like a lot of land or landscaping, or do I want something that's going to be easy to maintain and so therefore gives me a lot of extra time to do other activities? 
a mistake some young people make. I was one of them. You buy on impulse, kind of. You buy because it's tough to buy. You finally find a house in your price range. You you, you dig it. The fact that you can afford it, and uh, you're in, and you're done with the process of buying, looking at homes, you know, spending months and months on that project, only to find that the house you bought, you don't like the neighborhood. The house is great, but the neighborhood isn't the right neighborhood. That's the mistake I made many years ago. Swore I'd never made it again, and I haven't. To me, the neighborhood is actually what I'm buying. It's really more important than the house because you can always upgrade and change the house, but you can't make the neighbors move in most cases. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. I looked at a house yesterday, and it was a beautiful house, and the yard was amazing, but yeah. all the neighbors around it was just it was horrible. Yeah, seemed like a great deal for the house. I mean, especially as you know, as a flipper, but I couldn't I couldn't pull a trigger. It, mm-hmm. it seemed like it was about $20,000 on a market. I, it was a $40,000 for a $60,000 house. Mm-hmm. But the houses around it were, to me, five or $10,000. It yeah. was, I can't, and I just don't want to own that property. That's just me. There yeah. are slumlords that don't mind. But I'll tell you uh, quickly about my first house and what I bought. And I wanted, I think maybe John knows this too, but I think every first time home buyer is like, this is going to be my house forever. Yeah. I want it to be my forever house. I have probably moved more than anybody else, but yeah, your first house or your second house is not your forever house Mm -hmm. and we're going to change it. So I always say, keep that in mind. Um, But my first house, I overbought price wise. So I was married to my house. I was real estate rich and cash poor. Mm -hmm. And that was my biggest mistake. Oh, I bet that was painful. It was painful. Ryan Frey is a real estate investor in Northern Nevada, pulling the trigger on a lot of deals. John Spinola is with us as well. He's a realtor and investment counselor at Atlas Red Realty. And I have some questions for Lou Carr, branch manager of Summit Funding, great mortgage company in Sparks, Nevada. I know there's changes to coming, and if you want to get pre-approved for a mortgage, it might be today. We'll be back after this message. This is Helen Graham from Keller Williams Realty Group 1. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he's an incredible source of bringing together multiple experts in the real estate community. And Peter is really knowledgeable. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. Your Nevada real estate questions with answers from Peter Padilla. Welcome back to Nevada Real Estate Radio. My name is Peter Padilla, and I am talking to industry experts every single day, except for Sundays. I take Sunday off. If you want to call me, call me Monday through Saturday, 775-223-3428, and ask me any questions about the real estate industry. There's no cost. We love just chatting with people and finding out what's going on all across our state in the area of real estate for investors. 
My name is Peter Padilla, and I am with three outstanding guests today. Ryan Frey is with us. He's a real estate investor in northern Nevada. Hope you're doing well today, Ryan. Enjoy being on the show. I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for having me. You bet. Lou Carr is with us as well. Lou is a branch manager of Summit Funding in northern Nevada. Lou, hope you're doing well, too. I'm doing great, Peter. Thanks very much. Yeah, good weather. Maybe we'll see you on the golf course soon, huh? Uh, if you're coming out, you'll see me out there. Put me down for a teesome. I'm ready a to go. Teesome? <laughs> teesome for twosome? <laughs> John, like a bar player to me. <laughs> <laughs> you would know. <laughs> I would. <laughs> uh, we're having fun here. And John Spinola is with us as well. John is a real estate investment counselor at Atlas Red Realty. John, it's good to see you here, too. Always a pleasure, Peter. Hey, so in talking with all this investment activity that Ryan Frey is doing in northern Nevada now, at this time of the year, here we are in early April, how do you think his activity compares to the average real estate investor in northern Nevada, John? I think Ryan's probably one of the top investors Mm -hmm. um, in the area. There's some people doing a lot more with a lot bigger team, but for a most of the people that we're talking to I think he's he's um, he's doing very well yeah why do you think people go into that side of business John you do a lot of buyers residential buyers or you know sellers but the investors kind of a different breed what what is it that makes it exciting you think for them greed greed I mean and I I I think greed's a good thing I think if we weren't Mm -hmm. if we weren't looking for more Mm -hmm. we'd never do anything yeah. In other words, so I think, and and I guess greed's a bad a bad word. I'm sure there's a more eloquent way to put that, but I think that a real estate investor is is looking to do something to make something happen. Yeah. And to be in control too. Mm-hmm. In other words, you're good or bad. I I figure when I make an investment, if I if I do it right, I get paid real well, and mm-hmm. if I do it wrong, I got nobody else's butt to keep yeah, on my that's own. That's true. That's true. And if you so, know you're a hard worker and competent. I mean, you're almost sure for success as long as you can take action. That's that seems to be what holds most people back. I believe. Well, if you do enough deals, you're going to make some mistakes. But there, you know, I I think of it as education. You pay for your mm-hmm. education whether you get it at Cornell or or whether you get it on the street. Yeah, and it's good um, to know that you've got experience not only as a realtor but you're an investor yourself. So it's like it, you, know, you talk to people about certain products and certain items that they're selling, and they're all excited about it. I bet a lot of those people, they wouldn't, they wouldn't buy what they're selling. You run contrary to that. You do buy what you're selling. I have, in, in earlier life, I have bought deals that investors turned down. Clients of mine have turned down. I showed them why they should buy it, um, ran all the numbers, and they said, no, I don't want to do it. And I looked at it, and I said, well, what the heck am I <laughs> offering it to them for? And bought it myself. You well, know, so you. <laughs> a great way to get deals. So, but it's, um, you know, it, everybody's comfortable at a different level. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, we were talking with Lou Carr as we were going into the break about upcoming changes that I'm hearing about in the mortgage industry. However, I don't get to hear about these changes coming like I used to, Lou, because I was actually in the office listening to that from headquarters not there anymore but you're in the thick of things every day are these changes that people are talking to me about that are going to take place i believe i'm here in august are they going to have a lot of impact and in fact maybe once you explain a little bit about what these changes are uh, i'd love to and peter you still have a little smile on your face when you're talking about your past life in the mortgage <laughs> business and paying attention to guidelines and 
compliance and uh, and all that fun stuff that goes along with helping people buy homes. Yes, you bet. And you can bet that these are tears of joy as well. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I understand. It's a great business, but it's it's got a lot of uh, paperwork and a lot of guidelines. And, and yeah, the, the changes that we're anticipating, and they have not been rolled out yet, so we don't have any of the exact details. But basically, there may be some additional circumstances where if we didn't disclose properly in the beginning of the loan or perhaps if some if certain items change as we're getting close to being ready to close on the loan we may have a an additional waiting period and those can go anywhere from 24 to 72 hours if we really screwed it up pretty bad we could actually wait 7 days we might have to wait 7 days but that 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 rule is in place now, and it rarely ever happens. I can't see that anybody would screw up so bad, especially at Summit Funding, Lou. I mean, you guys are on it over there. I know that. So uh, to me, I kind of rule that out because you guys are looking at that every single day. From day one, you're wanting to make sure that all is going as it should be and in order so that if there's anything that comes out of the guide, you can be put back in right away. So barring that... You're talking about uh, maybe 72 hours if, let's say, that uh, uh, there's a, uh, the appraiser did not get back on time to the property to review a minor repair that needed to be done. Everything's done. Everything's ready to go, but he hasn't been able to get back to review it. He's had some, some delay. It's going to cause maybe a three-day delay. Am I hearing it right then? No, not necessarily, although if you did have to send an appraiser back out, in some circumstances, there are some lenders that – that would require you to wait if the appraiser were charging a fee for that new visit to the property. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't properly plan for that in the beginning stages of the loan, um, one of my practices that I think, you know, kind of it, it saves that that event is I actually disclose on pretty much every loan a revisit by the appraiser because we don't know the condition of that property. We don't know whether the appraiser is going to have to go out. So I disclosed it in the beginning and I explained to the, uh, the, the buyer or the borrower that that fee is there in case something like that has to happen. Then we can always pull that fee out later and have no impact. But if we were to add it in later, again, in some circumstances, we might have to, to wait a little while. But as we get closer to the closing, two weeks before, one week before, it's really incumbent upon us to really review that file on a regular basis and make sure we don't have any anything that, that's going to cause us a delay. You know, I'm really interested about what you said there, Lou, that you disclose a reinspection fee at the front, make sure everybody understands why it's there just in case you need it so that you can save time. And then, of course, if the property doesn't need it, you just remove it. And there's no delay when you remove a fee, I would imagine. Correct. Right? Right. So uh, that's, that's, that's incredible that you do that. And, 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 and uh, I don't think most people, most lenders would consider that or know about it. And then they're having to deal with all this unknown down the road, the possible roadblock coming at you. Right. Just, you just right. get one roadblock out of the way up front that way. Well, and, and I tell every borrower that I work with, when I do the original disclosures, I tell them up front, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm over and in, I'm inflating some of these costs, 
not tremendously, but I'm, I'm going on the high side of the spectrum because, again, as we come down to the end, if we're lowering fees, we don't have any weights. If, if there's a surprise and we have to raise something, then I'm already covered. And we don't charge the fees that we're disclosing in a lot of cases are not fees from us, the lender. There's title insurance and the owner's and lender's title insurance and escrow fees and mm-hmm. transfer tax and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. So there's a lot that goes into it. But we try and forecast a lot of problems and just deal with them early in the process so that we don't have those problems later on. You guys are in charge of all the money. No matter which direction it's going in, you've got to know where it is, don't you, Lou? The, yeah, what is it? The, the holders of the gold make the rules. And, yeah. and so if we we abide by their rules, yeah. then they, they, they do the loan much more readily. That's how you get a close. Lou, if anybody wants to talk to you about getting pre-approved for a mortgage or any other mortgage-related question, what's the best way to reach you? Hi, this is Lou Carr, branch manager at Summit Funding Incorporated in Sparks, Nevada. My office phone number is 775-626-0775. My cell number is 775-771-4505. Our address is 5931 South Los Altos Parkway, Suite 105 in beautiful Sparks, Nevada, 89436. Our branch NMLS number is 1042857. Summit Funding's NMLS number is 3199. And my NMLS number is 258750. My email address is LCARR at SUMMIT F. U-N-D-I-N-G dot net. That's LCAR at summitfunding.net. I do loans in California and Nevada, and we are an equal housing lender. This is Lou Carr at Summit Funding, Inc. Call or text 775-771-4505. Pre-approvals and consultations are all free. And we've got your information on our website, Lou, so people can find you there too, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thanks very much, Peter. I have a question for him real quick. Sure, Ryan, Lou. So we were just talking earlier about what gives a person a competitive advantage if there's multiple bidders on a property. Let's say a person's already pre-approved. For me, as somebody looking to sell a home, I would think that if a quick close would be a great competitive advantage because it frees up my money and I can get on to my next project. Um, so what I want to know is how quickly can you close on a deal? Um, that is a great question, and, and a lot of people uh, uh, want us to close a lot faster. <laughs> um, Including me. Yeah, I bet you do. And, and right now in the current environment, and it's a pretty busy environment in the mortgage business right now, and, and this, the answer to your question is a moving target all the time. So it goes, it can go week by week, month by month, you know, year by year. Love um, how you're dodging the question. He sounds like a politician, doesn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Our attorney was coming in next week. How about a a number, Lou? (laughs) As I I said, I've handled this question a few times, so I have some disclaimers I have to throw out there. No, but the actual number right now, best case scenario, is probably about three weeks. In in one of the main reasons we have that's a problem is there are there are uh, items that happen in the process that are outside of our control, an appraisal. 
We just added two appraisers to our staff because our appraisal turn time started lengthening out. We don't like to put too many appraisers on our list because we don't want, we want to support our appraisers. So we don't want a million of them. We want to get to know them. We want them to get to know us so they appraise the way we like them to appraise. So the appraisal is an item that's out of our control. Another item that's out of our control right now is, and, and a lot of people don't think about this in the loan process, but we verify taxes. When someone gives me their tax returns through the process of the loan, we verify through the IRS that you gave us the same taxes you gave the IRS. Hmm. So they came out about three weeks ago or four weeks ago and said, oh, by the way, you know, we're about a two-week turn time to get that stuff for you. Gotcha. So my point is, if if I have to have that document before I close, and if it takes them a long time to get it for me, it's out of my control. There's nothing we can do. Now, Summit Funding, because I, they're very proactive, we've actually come out with a system to circumvent that time frame, which really helps. But it could be a moving target is the point. You know, tomorrow the IRS could say it's going to take us six weeks to get those back. If I have to have it before I close, then your turn time just went to six weeks. Gotcha. And on that note, <laughs> if you're looking to sell your house, I'm looking to buy one and you need to close quickly. I can make an offer within 24 hours. If you do owe money on it, it usually takes about five days for me to close. If you don't owe any money on it, I usually can close the next day. My number is 775-324-ASAP which is 775-324-2727. And my name's Ryan Frey with ASAP Home Solutions. And that's a great option for people, Ryan. I mean, you know, the, the, the loan business has always been kind of cumbersome and, you know, it, it kind of goes and comes and goes with the wind as far as time mm -hmm. frame. So you are an awesome option for people. That, that's a great thing. You know, we were talking with another uh, option earlier today, uh, one of our new sponsors, Dave Washburn from Socotra Capital Cult, and he was talking with us. Uh, he actually came into the show, and he talked about his business. You know, he's doing more and more deals, though, it seems like, with hard money and private money, and the reason is because of time. Oh, a lot of his buyers, they're ready to go. They've got everything, you know, they got the money, they got the down payment, they got the house, they, they know what they want to buy. But they have a circumstance, like maybe they just started a new business, or they switched jobs and it's now out of the same category. It doesn't matter if they're making the same amount of money or more. A lot of institutions are pretty strict on those kinds of things, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yes. so that this is where hard money and alternative ways to finance property come in, because they let you pull the trigger quickly, and then down the road, as little as a month or two, I would imagine, you can refinance if you get things in order into an institutional type of deal. I bet you see, you see some, some refinances like that sometimes, Lou. Yeah, actually, I was just working on one last weekend uh, for a gentleman who was trying to close quickly on a purchase. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So good alternatives. Excellent. We're uh, talking with about investor real estate today, and Ryan Frey is our special guest. Ryan's cut a lot of deals in northern Nevada. Ryan, tell us a little bit about those properties. Are they houses? Are they condos? What are people buying for investment? I think people will buy almost anything if the numbers work right. Mm -hmm. So houses, condos, whatever. I personally like to buy the single family residences. I try to stay under 250000 if I can. I feel like the market just moves a little bit faster. But I yep. think every investor is trying to invest in that market. So it's yeah. really, really hard to find the deals. We do a lot of um, marketing. We spend a lot of money, probably about 8000 bucks a month 
just on marketing, just trying to find the deals. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're doing an awesome job, and as I mentioned earlier, we're going to have your contact information on our website so that people can reach out to you. We have more questions for you, as well as I want to talk with John Spinola. John always has a good real estate guidance and tip for us on each show. We have to take our quick break. Hang on. We'll be right back. This is Pete Nevin from Far West Real Estate, farwestrealestate.com. You're listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is a radio announcer that's easy to talk to and is able to extract information out of people maybe others can't. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. You're tuned in to Nevada Real Estate Radio. My name is Peter Padilla, and I'm with you today talking with outstanding industry insiders on the real estate investment business. With me in the studio today, we have Lou Carr. Lou's the branch manager of Summit Funding. Ryan Frey. Ryan is a real estate investor in northern Nevada. And John Spinola. John is a real estate investment counselor and a realtor at Atlas Red Realty. John, hope you're doing well in uh, your business. And also wondering if you have some advice for our listeners that maybe are just tuning in and thinking about getting started in real estate. What should people be asking? Probably a little bit about experience, although a lot of times a a new agent has a lot of time to spend, and if they're in an office where they've got good counseling from other realtors, or Mm -hmm. um, they can be a great asset. Ask, what do you own? Do you invest? So they have a little better handle on on what it actually takes. So if you're looking for a commercial building, probably want to find someone who's um, doing commercial real estate and maybe is investing in commercial real estate themselves. And when you talked about how when you're working with a realtor, you, you actually have that realtor working for you. If I was hiring a new employee, I'd want somebody with experience, knowledge, somebody that I knew actually had been around the block and knew what kind of questions I should ask as a consumer that I don't. And if you've owned a big commercial real estate in the past, a commercial real estate building, let's say, and you're looking to deal with a buyer that is wanting to buy that, you you know some of the pitfalls, some of the headaches that come with owning that kind of a property. Yes, you you do have that experience, the good and the bad. I think one of the most important things, regardless of experience and any of the rest of it, is you got to feel comfortable with them. Mm-hmm. It, basically, if if you're not comfortable with who you're dealing with, it's not going to work. Um, yeah. Don't be afraid to to try someone else. Uh, sometimes um, I ask people how they get their realtor, and they said, "Well, uh, my mom referred this this guy that she and her friend knows, or uh, a guy down the street has a sign up, and I drive by all the time, so I stopped in to see him." And you know, it's somebody I see up uh, often when they're out taking their walks and stuff. You feel kind of guilty not working with some people, or or people can feel trapped into working with somebody that they don't really know. I know people that have been burned on their first transaction. And they've given up buying. Oh, they'll never get into real estate again is what I hear. They're totally disgusted with the business because of one bad deal. Uh, that's that's what I would – it's like insurance, get, working with somebody that 
has the uh, background and experience, John, that you have, that people like you that have, have been through all that stuff. It's very helpful, and it's helpful for the for the realtor too. If you get if you communicate well, if you're on the same page, something as simple as if you get somebody from New York who talks about 90 miles an hour, and you talk um, maybe like Lou does a little. It's really a little it, slow. Well, it's, <laughs> it's that's what I heard too. It's, it, it's <laughs> thirty <laughs> relative to somebody from New York. Okay, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yeah, but just it's it's very hard to communicate. Even if you like the guy, you, the the guy who's who's slower is saying slow down. And the guy who's waiting come on come on next next Mm -hmm. um so it's it's that's very important Mm -hmm. i I wanted to drop back for one thing that that ryan mentioned in his little promo commercial thank um, you very much let's get back to that i thought you'd like that (laughs) but but somebody who can step in and and act quickly like ryan can for cash Mm -hmm. especially in a in a situation where you need to sell a home quickly and you've got a mortgage on that if you wait to get that top dollar and wait two or three or four months or, or even just a couple of months plus the time it takes to close you've made three or four more payments on it mm-hmm. um, which is going to take money out of your pocket also if it's empty my little rule says nothing good happens to an empty home mm. you were uh, talking earlier about copper getting stolen well just so you know on friday my dishwasher and stove got stolen out of a house that's supposed to close tomorrow so i'm after this i have to run down to lowe's and pick up another dishwasher and stove and go install it so my house will close tomorrow wow wow that's it's like the cfpb only on the dark side <laughs> right, I found a new way to delay, delay a closing oh the uh, appliance has been stolen oh there you go yeah hey I have a question for Ryan um, I like girls Lou <laughs> uh, uh, next question yeah, next question yeah so I Get think it. I, I, I think in chatting with you before you had mentioned that when you got started or through the process of, of getting to where you are now you've worked with some other investors and kind of learned the road if if I were a, maybe a young guy who's who's you know hearing this this show and thinking boy you know I'd like to do that someday or you, know, you don't have to be a young guy you can be any age but do you ever um, hire uh, kind of aspiring construction guys who maybe then they come on and maybe watch you for a, a year or two or three or four and kind of learn the business is that would that be a good way for somebody to start? Yeah, I think if you're interested in any industry, industry that you should get into the industry somehow to learn it. Um, if somebody's learning, trying to learn what I'm doing, uh, there are a lot of podcasts, a lot of different things going on that uh, a person could go and gain more experience. Um, there's a podcast called Flip to Freedom, and it's Flip, the number two, Freedom. Mm-hmm. And it talks about wholesaling houses, so it really kind of talks about how to look at a house, maybe even go through an analysis of what it's going to cost to repair it and then how to present that to an investor. And what a wholesaler does is he, he basically puts the house under contract, say for a hundred thousand and he sells it to an investor for a hundred and five thousand. The investor might be able to fix it up with maybe $20,000 and put it on the market for one sixty or something. Mm-hmm. So that's wholesaling a deal. And I, I feel that by listening to these podcasts, it'll definitely get a person a, a head start. And then there's other programs that mm-hmm. a person can get into that teaches them even more. Um, yeah. 
So working side by side with an investor might be a really good way to do it. Um, I kind of feel like it's almost a slower way than going to like a like a, almost like a college for flippers. Mm-hmm. So there's a different a couple of different ways to go. College for flippers. That's like working a lifetime in the industry too. That is true. <laughs> well, and then I think you'd ask Lou about having um, a realtor that kind of knows the area and have some experience and. As an investor, I do work with a lot of realtors, mm-hmm. and there's two things I want to say. Number one is I've worked with a lot of experienced realtors, and I've worked with a lot of very, very new people. The new people are pretty hungry, and they, they bring me a lot of properties. And I think every property that a new person has brought me has fallen out of escrow just because they're not a strong realtor. They don't know how to keep it in escrow. They think that if there's a problem, then it's a problem, and we shouldn't do the deal. Well. Uh, you know, an experienced realtor like John, and when there's, you know, a leaky this or that, or there's a little bit of mold, or there's something's wrong with the house, John knows what's going on. He's like, okay, yeah, it's no big deal. Whereas a brand new person might say, oh my gosh, <laughs> the bathtub's going to fall through the floor, and they might lose the deal for you. And I actually had that happen. Yeah. So, thank God, I think I got an extra ten grand out of the house yeah, by everybody, waiting. But everybody's got to get started at some time. And absolutely, everybody has to learn from the school of hard knocks, no matter what age you are. But it, I always feel like you get a little bit of an edge when you're trying to cut a big deal if you're dealing with somebody that has years of experience and uh, and can look at a thing objectively without a whole lot of emotion. I know uh, you're right. When I work with John on a few things and we talk. It seems like problems are just part of the deal. I was listening to, in fact, a very well-known speaker at an event earlier this week. His name is Lance Gilman. I don't mind dropping that name because I think people should know who he is. And he's the man that's in charge of the Tahoe Industrial Park. And he essentially, essentially, is a real estate investor. I mean, he's taken real estate and taken it to a new level. He said to me, he said to all of us at this meeting something very interesting. He said, you know what? I've learned that every real estate deal dies three times before it closes. Isn't that amazing? I would agree with that. Yep. And I think, you know, and I was thinking about the deals I've worked on. I kind of think feel that way too. Lou, what do you think? Um, I've, my uh, uh, little saying along those lines is that you know, we'll, we work on multiple loans in my business, you know, on a daily basis. And mm. some days it just seems like. A lot of them go from the top of the mountain to the bottom of the ocean in one mm. day. Yeah. Uh, but, but patience and hard work pays off because typically they will go from the bottom of the ocean back to the top of the mountain. So, yeah, yeah I, I agree too. 100%. Yeah, well, you need somebody that's seasoned and experienced. So that's a good thing to point out for us and for our listeners today. Ryan Frey, investor, Northern Nevada, thank you very much for being on the show today. You're welcome. And I just want to leave with a couple of things. Uh, I do work with a lot of real estate agents. If you're a real estate agent out there that you have a property or investment property out there mm-hmm. uh, and you need to sell it fast, you need to close quick, um, the house has a lot of problems, you need an investor to buy it, please call me. Uh, I have an advantage that I can close quick, but also I'll let you list it on the other side. My reward to you is I, I definitely want to work with those people that are out there hustling and bring me deals and I'll help you get deals as well by letting you relist the house and Hopefully you can get another deal or two with your yard sign. 775-324-2727 or it's 324-ASAP. ASAP, I'll put it up on our website, Ryan, thanks. Thank you. One thing that that Ryan mentioned, which I hadn't thought about, is podcast. When I was, you know, back in the early, when we were still doing covered wagons and stuff, but the only only way to learn (laughs) was to to find somebody who was doing it and... 
follow them around or or get involved with them yeah now there is so much information um there's another great great one that's called uh, biggerpockets.com mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but same kind of thing as whatever niche you want to get into mm-hmm. um lots of podcasts lots of information um blogs back and forth you can communicate with people if you run across a problem you can ask questions um you know and there's knowledgeable people and they'll rate the people who are answering your questions they'll mm-hmm. say you know ryan frey five stars answered 922 questions and been Lou in the slow for, oh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but so you know who you're who you're talking to yeah. um and it's a it's a great resource that um i don't always think about yeah know? well I, I appreciate what you're saying and i think the internet is great but I have a, a system I use. It's called B to B. Have you ever seen heard of that? Business, business to business. No, it's belly to belly. Oh, yeah. I like to get Tommy in front Hopkins. Of, yeah, I like to get in front of somebody. <laughs> I like to get belly to belly and see them in the eye and know that this person knows they better do a good job for me or I'm coming after them. Yeah. Essentially, you want to know who you're dealing with. Deal with somebody that you know, like, and trust. And John Spinola, you're somebody that I know, like, and trust. I appreciate you being here and sharing your knowledge with our other guests and with our listeners. Why don't you give us your contact info? Well, thank you, Peter. My cell phone is 775-815-3000. Very good. I'll have that up on our website too. Gentlemen, it's been great. Thanks very much, Thanks Peter. Very much. And we will talk to everybody next week. Be sure to tell your friends that we're on. Same time, same station, right here. And we'll be back in seven days. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.